Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host, but you've got to be kidding me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. Just shake them ropes. I'm Jeff Hawkins along with Chris Novembrino. Late on a Friday night. Um, <laughs> we'll see if I can stay awake throughout the whole thing. It's Saturday morning for me, Hawkins. Let's well, carry the lead. <laughs> some some people just play guitar and sell weed. I don't know. <laughs> Legally. Legally, yes. Yes. In, in oh. both cases. Oh, what a week for the discourse, Chris. I just, I am worn out from it, but now I have to talk about it again, so let us do this. Uh, CM Punk, apparently hinting that he would have, uh, wouldn't would mind a comeback, uh, posting a message, I believe Dax reposted an Instagram post of his that said that he was reading a story about the fight between Steve Kern and Coco Ware that Jerry Jarrett pulled both into their office, or Jerry Lawler pulled them both into an office, and squash that beef immediately. Well, from there, from there it was implied, oh, look, it looks like Punk wants to make a comeback. And then the discourse started. And then, oh, would this be good for the locker room? Oh, maybe people are doing blah, blah, blah. And so after that, more information came out because, of course, Punk got mad at a lot of the discourse. Uh, Punk saying that there was some pressure on him, allegedly, to uh, work hurt to give up the belt in a... Uh, to, to Moxley, that Moxley had refused to lose to Punk, that Moxley wanted to do a Rocky Three story and pitch that, but uh, Punk had never seen a Rocky movie, so he didn't, so he didn't really like the idea. Uh, he goes to Tony, basically asks Tony, is this what you want to do? Tony says yes. Uh, he originally agrees to it, but then has a uh, legal notice sent, sent to uh Sent to AEW saying uh, that uh, I don't know if that works for me, brother. Um, and it's just all gone da- downhill from there. Um, called Chris Jericho a liar and a stooge. Um, apparently there's some heat with Mox and Punk still. Uh, some people in the locker room wouldn't mind him back. Others do. This could all be an elaborate work to work the internet because we know that AEW loves to work the internet these days to the point where they won't even tell you who's on their show until Thursday on the internet. Uh, any, any thoughts about CM Punk and this whole thing? I mean, part, part of me is saying, yeah, Punk works with children. And a lot of this is proof of that, but Punk's also a jerk. This has been our, this has been our kind of our hedging the entire time, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Several thoughts come to mind here, Jeff. Uh, I mean, for starters, 
I hope that Phil Brooks gets a chance to watch Rocky One because I think Rocky One's a fine piece <laughs> of cinema that I've really offers. It. No, it really offers a lot to modern professional wrestling storytelling. Uh, the idea that building a big story around a fight is actually more impressive than the fight between Rocky and Apollo itself. I think there's something really to be gleaned there. Hope Phil gets a chance to watch that at some point. Uh, you you want to hear something sad? I am a cinephile. No. I've only seen Rocky Four and Rocky Balboa. You you just watched the one with the Russian? I was a kid. It was for a birthday party. It was also for our country. Well, <laughs> yes, but it no, was a different. I, I, t- no, it was a different time, Jeff. I don't need to remind you. You know this. <laughs> yes, it was the heart of the Cold War. Reaganism right. was big. Yes, I know uh, and, and when Rocky knocked out that Russian, he struck a blow for all of the Western world. It was a if you can fight. change, we can all change. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But none of that brings Apollo back. No, let's not kid ourselves. Look, I, I, the whole reason I love living in America as a song, I I just love the entire thing of pomp and circumstance, and then Apollo. I can't dies. I can't listen to it to this day. You're gonna tell me you love it. <laughs> played right before. Yeah, no. Carl Weathers right is still murder. Yeah, but Apollo Creed's been dead for nearly forty years. No, his his legacy lives on in three Creed movies I haven't seen. It's his child, Jeff. It's his <laughs> child. That's not. That's not how legacy but works. Continue with your point. I'm sorry. I mean, so all of that to the side, uh, <laughs> I, I I think that CM Punk very much would actually be a benefit to this company, and the, the company still has not flown higher than when Punk came back that first time. That remains the high water mark in the ratings. And, and I, I got to tell you something. I think that's part of why Punk got so angry at the response is within like the Observer and Dave Meltzer. Because Dave was, you know, if if they were in trouble with television ratings and stuff like that, then Punk would be far more necessary than he is now. It was that kind of discourse. And you're just like, that would tick me off a little bit, I think. I think so too. And like, I think there's this certain level of pettiness from Chris Jericho, the leaker, who, <laughs> I mean, he's obviously the leaker. Like, when this is the thing with punk, right? There's a little bit of mocks in there too, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but like, you know, a good chunk of it's Jericho. Jericho's a chirping bird, always has been, always will be. And he wants and, to be the most valued veteran in that locker room. Yes. I, I think I think for Jericho, something never sat right about the idea of Punk coming in and outperforming him pretty much from the jump. Like, and I mean, Jericho's had a lot of opportunities at this, but he seems to have one idea. Look, and, I mean, he got Ricky Starks over big. Yeah, no, he did. No, Starks, <laughs> that guy's effing electric jeff i'm glad you brought that up ricky starts is now looking in the camera angry at creative when he's doing promos i just i, I, I can't help but think that I can't, he's, he's, where am i going next nothing oh. nothing better typifies the end result of working with jericho the ricky starts looking into a camera going who am I and what am I doing here like Admiral Stockdale? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> over to the other Fed. 
New WWE filing with the SEC reports that Vince McMahon yesterday, uh, I believe the report came out Thursday after close of business, paid $17.4 million toward costs for the board investigation into him, which was related to sexual misconduct allegations against him and former executive John Laurinaitis. Vince also agreed to pay additional costs incurred. Now, when he was uh, fired and trying to make a comeback, you recall the board of directors threatened to sue him for these fees. And now Vince McMahon has paid those off. Chris, there's a part of me after watching this Raw on Monday that thinks that things have changed somewhat. And I'm sure I'm probably getting a nasty DM from somebody about this, but Becky Lynch is back to being the man. We're back to trashing Johnny Gargano on commentary. Otis is doing whatever the hell he is doing with maximum male models. Is it possible that the 17.4 million was the price of admission and Vince is actually back? I just think it's great that there's absolutely no conflict of interest in Vince <laughs> paying off his own investigation. That's true too. <laughs> I just think that, that just it's really on me. There no, it's just great that that's not a problem. So I mean, whether he's back or not, I think it's great. By the way, Wrestling Observer today reporting that a angle on Raw had to be reshot because somebody used the word wrestling. And that doesn't sound like a Triple H thing to me. So, I, I just... I mean, look, we knew at the time when he quote-unquote left the company that the only way he'll ever leave the company is when he leaves this mortal coil. Which he won't, because he's putting his brain in a jar to be guarded by a uh, by a French gorilla. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'll go one better. What he's going to end up doing is brokering a deal with, like, chat GPT and getting oh, his brain loaded into AI, and then WWE <laughs> is going to be the first company run entirely by, like, a chat GPT AI that ostensibly has Vince McMahon's personality in it. He only has three ideas anyways. Right. It's not that hard. We're thinking about reciting him. How tall is he? All right. You're now a baby face female. That means you've been living in a trash can for the last 10 years. And you grew blonde? up in one. She lived in the trash, too. She lived in the trash, too. Oh, good Lord. Uh, Forbidden Door 2 sold out in less than an hour. Only 103 single seats left uh, for the Toronto show between AEW and New Japan. Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. That's no that's no slouch of an arena right there. I think that's a great thing for AEW. I do. I, I'm sorry. I, I left that hanging because uh, I talked a lot about this on the Dynamite show over on Fight Game Media. $5 a month. Go listen to it. And I think this is mostly for New Japan fans for the most part. And it's the hopium of it that drives me nuts because I think people people rush to buy this stuff because I'm now almost firmly on the Joe Lanza. I will not buy a ticket to an event until I know what the event lineup is because I do think that's actually smart. But but I'm just going to be tired of the three months of are we getting this super card like the Tokyo Dome? And then being told that, no, there's, no, I'm happy with getting Sonata and Yuta as the main event or whatever they're going to do. 
And, and you know, it's going to be a good card. That's not what I'm worried about. And and then, like, the week and a half of build, where, like, Tanahashi comes out on the ramp on a Wednesday night before. The, it's like, oh, Tanahashi's here. Great. You know, that kind of thing. That's that's my only thing is, uh, is I, I think... I think people buy these things. I mean, I mean, look, maybe they buy them because they're genuinely fans of wrestling. I'm not, I'm not sliding them on that. It's just one of those things where it's like, why doesn't Tony at least name the main event of Forbidden Door Two when before tickets go on sale? I, 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 I don't understand how he how he wants to run his business. To be honest with you, I think. It's pretty clear how Tony wants to run his business. Okay. Tony believes in his heart of hearts that if you have a great match, that that is enough. Yeah. That the merit of the work in the ropes after the music ends and the intro leaves is... 100% of the pie. So it actually doesn't matter who is going on. See Kenny Omega versus star of the week that you have to Google. It, it, oh, it, oh, you're going to get in trouble for that one. Mm-hmm. That's okay. okay. That's okay. That's okay. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, yes. no, we'll talk about that in a second. That's fine. Uh, then... Uh, the the match was great. Yes. I, I'm not I'm not knocking the match. No, I'm just saying that Tony Khan firmly believes that it's not a problem if you've got to bust out the Google machine to understand what's going on on your screen right now. It's so long so long as the work is good. Yeah, the Donnie Darko thing. You need a website to understand this. Um, yeah, I'll I'll talk a little bit about that build in the Lazy River. I was not happy with it, but I understand. Look, I wasn't happy with the discourse around it more than the build itself because I'm just the gatekeeping needs to stop, kids. Okay, I, I get that you love AEW, but sometimes uh, Josh Alexander relinquishing his Impact title. He has a torn tricep. A shame because he is on the run of his life right now. I know you probably don't get a chance to watch any impact, but Josh Alexander, really, really good. Um, I'll just move on because I assume you don't have. Yeah, a no, I have no comment on it unless you want to talk about Josh Briggs. Uh, <laughs> uh, the WWE Hall of Fame now has three inductees official. Uh, Rey Mysterio will be getting inducted by Ric Flair. Uh, it is now official. Great Muda, or no, Great Muda is getting inducted by Ric Flair. Uh, Rey Mysterio getting inducted by Conan. And Andy Kaufman announced for the WWE Hall of Fame. If Zamuda shows up as Tony Clifton, between Flair, Conan, and Clifton, who's the most likely to go off the rails, Chris? God, I would love if Tony Clifton showed up. You know what I'd love? I'd love if Andy Kaufman actually showed up and said, look, I've been holding on to this bit <laughs> for decades now, and now people are forgetting me, <laughs> and I'm alive. So, But Zamuda has to show up to this thing, right? That would be great. I mean, Because be... I'm, I'm wondering who indu- – Jimmy Hart's probably going to have to induct him. Uh, 
I don't think Jerry Lawler has the capacity for speech yet. That I mean, it, it, because of the stroke that he had. But I assume he'll be there in some way too. But this just screams Zamuda showing up as Clifton and and just throwing this whole thing off the rails. I I mean, I'm trying to figure out how old Bob Zamuda is right now. Seventy three. Oh, he's only seventy three. Yeah, no, he'd be fantastic as yeah. Clifton. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh, and man. by the way, listen to the Shake Them Ropes uh, Patreon. Uh, we, we put out on the free feed last Christmas, I believe, for people's listening enjoyment. I think it's the best audio Chris and I have ever done, to be honest. It's breaking down everything about Lawler versus Kaufman and what made it great. Uh, but man, those are those are some guys to introduce them between Flair, Conan, and, 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 and if Zamuda shows up. <laughs> I'm just imagining just... The controversy and Vince going, yes. Oh my God. No, it, it would be great because you could totally see Zamuda doing this. Is Zamuda roasting Vince? Because he knows he's never going to get ass back. Like in the whole Tony Clifton <laughs> thing, <laughs> the whole Tony Clifton thing is to get kicked out. Like it's get to get kicked the F out. Where's the guy like, who pays the hush money? <laughs> right. <laughs> how much, how much will you pay me to shut up? Yeah. <laughs> ah. Now I want that. That's oh, unfortunate. I, I, that's all I want. That's the, it would literally be the only thing that would make that show worth watching for me now. Other than a good Dominic Mysterio, Ray Mysterio angle, in which case I'd catch that clip. But like, uh, they paid it off tonight on SmackDown, and I think they did oh. a good job. I think, look, I'll say this in the Lazy River again. Uh, WWE on the main stories is going to stick the landing if they book right, I think. So, uh, but yeah, they. I, I think they're avoiding doing something at the hall of fame hopefully god that would just that would just be such a bad taste too i think i i mean you say that but like literally every time ray mysterio and dominic mysterio have spoken any words in the last three years it's been electric dynamite they actually did well tonight i thought um Davey Richards announced his retirement for pro wrestling after screenshots by an ex-partner alleged that Richards, quote, engaged in inappropriate and unreasonable behavior, including significant use of cocaine and other substances and domestic violence. Richards put out a statement, wasn't very good, um, basically saying that uh, he's never been charged with anything. Uh, the pics posted were from training, and we regularly train in martial arts, and many of the students have got black eyes. I stopped at hello everyone. Wow, what a couple of days. Um I I liked Davy Richards back in the day. Uh thought he was the second coming of Chris Benoit. But uh to me, this this statement was he's basically says, I'm canceling myself. And I just go, All all of this was was done poorly. Goodbye, Davy Richards. Uh, who's to really say? What a significant amount of cocaine is. In wrestling? Exactly. In life. I think Mad really. Dog Buzz Sawyer might be that guy, but he's dead. So Right, right. Exactly. So what's he going to say then? Yeah. Really? What can he say? I don't. Uh, Jeff, they always say, don't point the finger lest you get fingers. <laughs> I don't think it says that. I think it's more like uh, it's something like that. Don't worry about the uh, the uh, the finger. 
<laughs> stick in somebody's eye while there's a log you, in yours. Right. If you yeah. get, you'll get stuck if you're poking an eye with your finger. You know who's a free agent now, Chris? Bill Goldberg. Oh, shit. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, somebody asked me how I would book him. I would put him on a streak. So I would do this like undefeated streak and I would start off. Shut up. I'm not going down. Hold on. Hold on. I'd have him beat Hollywood Hogan. I actually, here was my idea and it's out of the box thinking. I would not, I would not have him wrestle full time ever again. (laughs) I wouldn't even put him in a main event program per se. I would, I would play into the MJF Judaism stuff. And I would have Bill Goldberg be his he- occasional heavy and just come in and kill somebody and leave for like five months. And just have, because he already has the natural animosity from the AEW types. He's not going to be a full time guy. He'd be coming in to help MJF occasionally and then he'd leave. I think, I think that's kind of a cool thing. Let, let him be MJF's legend. Like Jake the Snake or Sting. I don't know what I would do with Bill Goldberg. I, really I don't think do. Bill Goldberg would agree to that, though. I think Bill Goldberg no. still views himself a little bit as a media property or whatever. I, I can yeah, see, I, I can he, see Impact bringing him in, though. I can see Impact bringing him in. Yeah, Goldberg, I think, just is never going to be able to view the Goldberg character as anything other than that 90s WCW Goldberg character. He, he, he wants to live that his entire life the same way sting did. Oh, sorry. No, the same way as stings like getting to be crow sting, basically. Yeah. Perpetuity. Uh, Also a free agent who wants to work in the States again, Kyrie. And I find that a very interesting proposition because I don't think she comes back if Vince is in, is in any way dealing with WWE. I think an AEW pickup would be fascinating for her because I think... I mean, I mean they, they could use her sorely. Well, here's the thing. She has more charisma to me than Riho. Uh, I think she has a better star aura than Riho. Uh, but I think AEW fans would be very bitter at her because I think they'd be like, no, we want Rio. So I could see this also backfiring if they brought her in. I mean, I guess. I mean, she, if, you, if it backfired, you could always have her join the outcast too. Yeah, that's all. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's and she would only be the second worst promo in the faction. <laughs> that's true <laughs> actually she might not even be that low uh, <laughs> uh alexa bliss uh tweeting out that uh she had a procedure done uh to remove some skin cancer uh also in the same week revealed to be one of the contestants on the masked singer on fox opposite aew on wednesday um it's an interesting career choice. She's just out there living her life. Good for her. Uh, she she had a history of doing a lot of tanning and stuff when she was doing fitness model competitions too. So she she's using this as a way to uh, alert people. If you've been out in the sun, get your skin checked, etc. But I find the masked singer choice fascinating, and I, I'm I'm 
I'll be interested to see if WWE plugs it at all on their television. They won't. And I advise people to never go out into the sun. Thank you. Uh, I think I'm just going to end the the new segment there because the other stuff I have in there isn't that important. Uh, Going into the lazy river of wrestling criticism, whatever we watched, whatever we saw this week, classic wrestling, whatever we want to pine on is, is free will here. And we have a lot, a lot of content out there, especially going into WrestleMania. Um, As I said before, after watching SmackDown these past two weeks, I think the major stories are going to land. Cody's going to land. KO and Sammy's going to land. Logan Paul, I think, is going to land. Dominic and Ray is going to land. The only thing is they have no women's stories, I think, that are going to land. Chris, Charlotte did a promo tonight. That was a heel promo. Confuse the audience. She scolded the audience about uh, wetting her. <laughs> in, in fairness, in fairness, she's managed to pull this off for like several weeks longer than I thought it was going to be able to flow, but it finally hit the walls tonight. Oh, it hit. Oh, that promo was so bad. I, I'd argue it was hitting the walls on Monday. Like on Monday, you could kind of feel like. Well, eh. well, Friday and Monday, I mean, it felt the, the, the fight feel at least when they, they were getting physical with each other, her and Rhea, I thought it was good. I thought it was, I thought it was salvageable. But this was supposed to be heartfelt, I think, to the fans, and it just died a death out there. And I, and she got flustered with the Vegas crowd wanting her when she's trying to be quote unquote real with them. I just, I, I felt bad for her is what I did because she is completely miscast. I think everybody wants to see Rhea beat her. Yeah, no, everyone wants to see Rhea beat her. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Pick something. Um, boy. Um, can we go into Vikingo? You know, okay. If we're going to do that, I I don't want to bury the lead that like, I actually thought that the balance on this week's dynamite was much closer to what should be happening on dynamite, which is universe setting storyline setting in matches with the exception of the Kenny Omega versus El Ijo Del Vikingo uh, match, which still had a lot of storyline, but like, I guess let's, let's talk about the problems here. Well, like okay. I... Well, hold on. Let's, let's okay. give AEW Dynamite its flowers. Cause we are, was I not doing that? Well, no, you, you no, were, no, what I... Was I, no, I was giving it tuna fish. Is that what I'm doing? It started with an angle. I thought this was good. I, I know yeah. some people were like, ah, this is this is like WWE. No, you know, actual wrestling has angles because it's a television product and they like to do television stuff to, to do the world building. I thought that was, I had no problem with that. I had my problem with the angle throughout the, the uh, night was that I guess, according to some people, they were trying to do a red herring for the Blackpool Combat Club because you weren't supposed to believe Brandon Cutler when he said he thought it was them. And and, and so the at, at the end of the night, it was the big reveal that, yes, they actually did do it. When I was like, yes, of course they did it. It was them the whole time. Um, but then it's also like there is this lingering question. If, if it was them the whole time, like Callus is just like a Mondo dick who just doesn't care about the Bucks. Is that the story here? Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, he only like, cares about Kenny within this faction, and yeah. maybe Takeshita. Yeah, which I assume will come back. But like, like from and I told you this before the show. I liked what they did with Jade Cargill this week. I I think these were the types of building block feuds that she's needed for two years. And I would go even further and draw this out. Like, okay, this is a very simple feud. Both her and Taya have the same finishing move, allegedly. They name it different things. And we're here to see who the master of that thing. Dude, they did these types of things for years in wrestling. Now what I want is I want I want them to actually make this into a story. Like, um, the, the example I always give is, is that there's an episode of Mid-South that's one of my favorites that just basically concentrated on the figure four leg lock and that Paul Orndorff had found a reversal for it, or Ted DiBiase had. I, I forget which one of the two. And all it was was turning it over, you know, and, and reversing the pain. But I want Taz to, like, get in the nitty-gritty of this and do, like, a, a, a video about the differences between Taya's, whatever she calls it, and the jaded by Jade. And you see, when she puts the arm like this, it's really to do this. Or I want Jade to go, hey, I've never experienced my own move before. How do I find a way out of it, et cetera? Now I want the world building, Chris. You've established the reality. Now I want the expansion and the heightening of it. And I just, I don't have the faith in Tony and company to do that sort of stuff. No, I mean, I think that this is probably about the level of depth you're going to get. Yeah. I, I mean, Ty is not exactly a World League storyteller. No, no. But at least they're trying something here. My, my problem with the Vikingo thing was it was announced on Twitter. I get it. They did a video package, you know, during the show. But you had the NCAA tournament running on your channels. I would have done a full-on media blitz it because my my basic point that I hate about the way that they do these things is that they don't make the very special guest stars feel like very special guest stars. So no, earlier Jeff, you said that you know people were going to be <laughs> mad at me when I said that you know you have to Google Vikingo. Why why would they be mad at me, Jeff? Is it because he's the AAA champion? Uh, allegedly he is. Allegedly, so, some would some people are saying. There, there are I mean, those he was, he was say, carrying a belt down to him, and I was told that we all know what More that and more is. you are hearing things to that effect is what I'm being told I, uh, through, uh, through the grapevine. He also has uh, an IWGP championship of no, some sort. No, 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 that's Kenny. That's Kenny uh, who has uh, the oh. U.S. Uh, one. Okay. But this was not for a title, Chris. Right, this is not for a title. No. But, like, I mean, I, I get why people would be frustrated, but, like, here's what I would counter with this. <sighs> If you were going to have next week on your show the top champion from a major global promotion. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club Dot com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous 
brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network what the hell are you doing by not advertising it like yes if- Kazuchika Okada showed up on AEW next week in the main event. I know people would be like, oh, holy shit, it's Kazuchika Okada. That's that's rad. Can't wait. Got to watch it. Okay, why would you not announce that weeks ago? And, And don't tell me, don't tell me that it's smart to drop a big old surprise on us on Tuesday that Okada's gonna be in AEW. No, it's smart is to build for Okada's arrival because he's ostensibly a big deal. And if El Ijo, if you think that this is the best presentation of El Ijo del Vikingo, how, what does that say about it? Like, like really he would be no better with a month's worth of build or even two weeks worth of build. Uh, really? I did get a, a possible, uh, reasonable explanation for this is that this is just how AAA does business and Conan is the guy who facilitates this stuff and he basically might have said on Tuesday or on Thursday yeah you got him for Wednesday but even so even so I would have done a media blast about it Um, I would have tried to figure out some stakes other than this is a Kenny Omega dream match I, I yeah, and I mean, on some of them they opened up, but this this is my next problem. The whole Kenny Omega dream match yes. story that is kind of whipped up is really a secondary story to Don Callis and the Young Bucks in the injury angle and Blackpool Combat Club, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're gonna do a this is a dream match story. 
then this is a dream match needs to be the singular focus of that. I agree. Oh, no, because you noticed at the end of that match, they're rushing Tony Schiavone down there to do a promo with Kenny. Kenny's breathing heavy. Vikingo is in the corner still. They're basically stepping over him to do this angle. And then the Blackpool Combat Club just come in and destroy Kenny. And it's, it's like a poor deployment. I mean, it'd be again, like imagine Okada in this role. Like Omega's just like stepping o- over Okada to get his Yes. Up. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I fully agree with you. I, I thought, you know, the match itself was uh Oh, it's a good match. Impressive. I, I, yeah. I, I, th- this is another one where it's like, okay. I have my faults with Omega. I think that largely speaking, though, in the ring, he, he more often than not delivers, especially in singles. And I, I like him as a singles. I, 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 It's in the tag stuff that he does, like, very little for me. In singles, I think he's fine. Um, and I thought that this is a really good match. But, again, I never for a second thought in this dream match that El Hijo del Vikingo had a chance of winning. So that kind of crushes the dream to some yeah. extent. And I know that there are dream matches where you know what the conclusion is going to be. Like, I know those exist. I'm just saying, at least when I watch those types of dream matches, there's been weeks of build. Instead, I have a monster of the week in El Hijo del Vikingo. And then I have Kenny Omega. And... It's great that Kenny beat the monster of the week, but that's kind of expected. Yeah. And and these guest stars have just, I mean, it's just like, oh, and it's this guy from this company. And it's just, and then we're going to just move on to the next one because we've been doing this with Aussie Open. We've been doing this with Commander. We've been doing this. You know, How it, weird it, it would it be if like one of these guys came in and actually just beat uh, one of the established stars in the company, like, you know, like Vikingo comes in and actually beats Omega. Well, that's interesting. I'd almost rather that. that happen, right? Well, here's the thing is, Henny is not in the world title picture. And you're about to do an angle where the Blackpool Combat Club's going to beat him down. Why not give Commander the win here? Um, But, you know, even even so, more importantly, I thought... I thought Stu Grayson should have won that match in some ways against Moxley. He's now been on twice and, and lost clean to Moxley twice, once in the tag match, once in the singles. And the big story was about how AEW had re-signed him and he's back now. Moxley doesn't need a win. They're establishing the BCC as heels. Heels can lose. Now, you don't want them to lose too much, but heels are supposed to lose and if if say if Grace if Grayson had gotten like a flash pin or pinned, you know, or or even a DQ win, and then it just makes Moxley even angrier, then it makes the beatdown halfway through the show when he's in medical make even more sense. And even the beatdown at the end, he's enraged because he lost a match in the first hour to this guy in the dark order. And now now they're just going around beating people up because they're angry about it. Then it makes sense to me, but I, I just, I didn't see the need for either of those guys to be protected, to be honest with you. But I mean, Omega more so probably needs to win because I don't know, because the, because it was Omega. I mean, this is the other point is Japan does this all the time. 
if you're out for a long time and you come back, you sometimes lose your first match because of the ring rust and things like that. That's actually a story that they tell in Japan. This is Kenny's first singles match since I think he had like a, I forget he had a throwaway match before he went to Japan for this, uh, to win the U S title. But it, it it's one of those things where I thought both those guys could have lost on Wednesday and it would have been far more compelling, but that's me. I, I I'm with you. I, I, I mean, I don't, especially after watching the match, I don't dislike the idea of having the match. And we have said before, if you don't know a talent, a person, a team, a band, going and posting on Twitter, I have no idea who this person is, is stupid commentary. And I stand by that. I also don't have a Twitter account. So double down on that go ahead and delete yours too if you want to get on the trolley but <laughs> if, if if i have to google someone in a prelim match in a first hour you know before the show opener or even in a mid-card match on a tv show i got no problem with that i do question the logic of having to be in a situation where I need to fire up the Google machine for who's in the main event tonight. Yeah. I I don't think that that's a particularly strong usage of talent, and that's something that's completely avoidable. And you can scream, well, how about being less ignorant? That's neat, too. Um, how about educating? Like, it, the part of the wrestling program is to, is to educate. So, Yeah, I, it's the part I, of gatekeeping I don't enjoy. Well, you know, I could just... Is the people scolding you for asking questions. Right. No, I mean, you know, why why not spend 40 hours of your week doing nothing but consuming wrestling content? I mean, you you have, what, six hours of wrestling shows? (laughs) Put something on there. Right. This is the thing that drives me crazy. It serves as this bizarre apologia for they have a TV show, bro. Like they literally can format the show. However they like it. The tenets of television. I I don't, there are wrestling fans who just do not want the television parts of television to be parts of television wrestling. Storytelling, character development, plot. They just want the matches. They, 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 it's, it's, I compare it to people who watch the Olympics and don't want any of that, uh, any of that. Who, who's the producer? The big name. I forgot his name. NBC created uh, Saturday night's main event. Dick Ebersol. They don't want the, the human interest stories. They just want that third heat of the hundred yard dash that was done at 3 PM or whatever. It's like, Dude, Ebersol gets ratings, and I know we don't like WWE and how they sometimes melodrama it up. But you gotta have some of this on wrestling on television. Mm. And I mean, here's the thing with the Bloodline storyline is it has an ability to kind of keep churning. And like you can see storylines that'll ripple off of this for months to come. Like when you actually build a good storyline universe, it makes all the encounters way more intriguing. That's actually my fear. When we do our mania preview next week, my fear is 
that they're going to say, yes, this bloodline story can keep churning. So we don't need to crown Sammy or KO or Cody. We'll just pivot to Jay and Roman. I mean, there, there's lots of different ways it could play out, but I think it's better to be in that situation. Yes. You know, then I don't want to get off of AEW quite yet. Um, it's better to be in that situation and still be kind of like finding your flavor to a certain extent. Um, I, I speaking of this, like uh, Austin and Colton Gunn needed to just beat Dante and Darius Martin clean straight up, like not like clean. They needed to do it as douchey heels. But they, they need to be impressive, though. They they didn't. They needed to cheat in an impressive way. They yes. needed to show that they were becoming better at cheating. Um, that's at, like that. That like the thing that they're learning is not how to win matches the right way. It's how to be really good at winning matches the wrong way. And having the kingdom come down and like interfere in the match to set up a ROH pay per view match, no less. <laughs> it is it's like sometimes they you know they don't do enough storyline booking and then sometimes they add like a hat on top of a hat it feels like oh i'm so mad at the kingdom who i don't care about right <laughs> yeah um... mike bennett is electric how dare you sir oh only wrestler i know that has me blocked on twitter um I, I will. I'll give one other good note about about Dynamite that I really did enjoy. The the stupid was strong on this show, and it was enjoyable. Stupid, Sting impersonating Orange Cassidy. I have now in two weeks seen both Jeff Jarrett and Sting do Orange Cassidy impressions, and I think this needs to be a thing. I, I also I, enjoyed his interaction with Kip Sabian. I thought Kip was very entertaining. Kip was motivated. I thought I I, yeah. I, I, I am not a Kip Sabian fan. I, I hate this character in so many ways, but it looked like he went in extra gear with sting. And I, I was a lot of fun. I thought, I thought that match was, was, uh, <laughs> I just love the line. It's like Tony Schiavone. I, I don't understand the face paint task goes. It's an O and a C stands for orange Cassidy. That was so funny. Oh. That was so funny. And then the gloriousness of Stokely Hathaway. The bravery of a lion and the wisdom of an owl. Having a doctor's note on a Wingstop receipt. All it needed was signed Epstein's mother. That would have been hilarious. Dressed in the Nation of Domination gear. Um... <laughs> Just getting murder death by hook <laughs> to the chagrin of this stupid faction of his looking at each other going, we didn't train for hardcore. <laughs> I adored this segment and they actually used social media in a good way after this, where they taped Stokely coming back and getting laughed at by most of the AEW roster as he goes through including Sotnam and Rio. I love Stokely Hathaway. I do. If this was a villain origin story where he becomes meaner after this, I'm all for it. But um, this, this was a lot of fun for me. No, I no no additional notes. I agree. <laughs> Your turn, sir. Um, boy, NXT. 
<laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> I, I know it makes us sound old, but Jeff, I swear to you nine years ago, this was a good thing worth watching. This was rough. Dude, th- this... In so many ways. In so many ways. Uh, I... Chris, that that NXT card, by the way, I can get a I can get a uh, I can get a luxury suite seat for thirty bucks. Guess what time doors open for that? Eleven a.m. Nine forty-five a.m. Ten a.m. start, I believe, because oh it starts God. at it starts at one Eastern time, because it's on the same day as day one of WrestleMania, so. And look, or I think actually doors open at nine or something like that. People don't even wake up in LA before ten on a Saturday. I don't have a lot of hopes that number one that the this crew who's flying back here to do this aren't going to have some jet lag going in. And number two, this card. I mean, the only thing that I'm I'm watching on this that has me jazzed is we have five guys who can go in that ladder match for the North American title. And God God bless him, Dragon Lee is going to pull a ricochet in New Orleans, possibly almost kill himself at night at 10 a.m. in the morning in Los Angeles in front of 2,000 people or however many tickets they have sold. Not how many tickets they have sold, how many people actually show up for this event. But the rest of this card on Tuesday night was rough sledding, including the stupid stuff between Carmelo and Braun, where it's like, can they coexist? We're just putting on a bunch of multi-person tags and individual matches out there. That women's ladder match has a lot to be desired, in my opinion. It can over-deliver, but it has a lot to be desired. Uh, Uh, I'm baffled (laughs) by... I mean, I get on some level how this company views pretty deadly, but the breaker mellow match is precisely the type of match that pretty deadly should win. I don't understand. If they're getting like, moved they to the should main get roster, a pit, they should get a pit over breaker, and it's a thing that they should talk about as though it's like the biggest thing they've ever done in their lives, like as big as winning a title. Yes, because I mean it's also the old old territory thinking of tag teams who know how to do tag team wrestling are better than two individuals who do singles wrestling. Especially when those two guys are a mismatched baby face and heel tag. Yes. Team. And WWE never does that because they always want their big guys to beat tag teams like two on. We're lucky. This wasn't Braun versus pretty deadly two on one though. We may get that on Tuesday. I, I Yeah. I, I don't understand why they're killing pretty deadly like this. I mean, this has been like what three or four because the Gallus feud. Yeah, no, it's, it's been weeks now. I mean, it, it also the new day feud made them look like goofs. I thought they were, I thought they were going to be fast tracked to the main roster because they are main roster ready. Yes, they absolutely are. The, this is an act we've talked about before. They, this act cannot be eating clear losses like this on a regular, regular basis that they, they, they need to be getting little slippery shit wins every so often. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Alba fire. And I, your dude, girl, 
Uh, she's not my girl. You've been saying this for years. <laughs> like, Fine. don't do not make me a co-signatory to this. Oh, story. Chris, you are the biggest Island <laughs> Dawn fan I know. So, Hawkins, what what this is is called libel in many countries. <laughs> oh man, on the air, and I, oh, like I will see you in court soon. Yeah, th- th- this preview is going to be. Uh... <laughs> God, I hope nobody dies in this match. Um, and and again, I'm looking at that lineup of that women's ladder match and going, who is the ring general in that one? Um, they're going to be rehearsing that late into the night on Friday, I assume. Um, yeah. Uh, what else you got for NXT? Anything? Uh, Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough is like a real who cares of wrestling too. This is another one. Like we talked about, Ilya used to be white hot too. I know, but like, if you don't actually tell good stories with these guys, the matches don't really matter. And Ilya's got no character. They took away his music. He has no characterization. JD McDonough had this like very loose, like American psycho sort of grooming. And then they kind of got away from that. Yes. And he's just a guy who lost that match to Braun Breaker and has had no identity. So now they're having a match and everyone's telling us how great this match is. And if you see a running theme on this show, I hope you see. We're not into these sorts of just, this match is great. And and when you commentary tells us this match is great, that that's sufficient. Like there needs to be some sort of story and something compelling happening with these guys. And McDonough and Dragunov are just... Yeah, two the match dudes. doesn't have to be a story match. It just has to have stakes to it. Two That's dudes with capacity who aren't necessarily doing anything interesting, and they're not necessarily doing it for stakes. I don't think. I mean, dra- neither. I mean, to this point, too. Like you know, devoid of story. What What are the stakes possibly that like Dragonoff or uh, McDonough is going to be going up against Hayes for the title when Hayes wins the title? It's not really that intriguing. I don't even know that Hayes is really that long for the NXT world, too. I, mean, I think he might be getting called up as soon as Breaker is. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume Wesley is winning this ladder match and, and surviving while they figure out what to do with him. <laughs> because he's a tag team wrestler that <laughs> they no longer want to have his partner around, and so they've they've just put him in this story where he's really good and he's challenging people. That's the story. I, he, wanted, I also, he wanted to challenge the entire roster at one point. I want to fight the entire roster. I can't have you do that. That he's still trying to find an identity. That's like literally part of his story is that he's trying to find an identity after being a tag team wrestler. Yeah. And, and oh, he's looking for dream matches, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I do want to put over because you, you didn't get a chance to watch this, I don't think. You didn't see how they paid off the Ray and, and Dominic story, did you? No, I didn't. No, I was playing music. Okay. So, um, so Ray has a match with uh, L.A. Knight, who I will continue to praise. I, I know, boy, people have given him a bad rap because especially Dave Meltzer goes, he can't work. But he can talk. And sometimes talking is enough. And so he, he bumps. Said, he bumps OK, too. He I mean, bumps he's OK. Yeah. Yeah. He bumps fine. But uh, but Dominic comes in. L.A. Knight gets the win over Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio is still saying, look, man, I, I don't want to do this, whatever. But Aaliyah and uh, 
and Ray's wife are in the front row watching this. And so Dominic takes the mic and says, yes, go on, walk out on me, et cetera, et cetera, just like you did when you were on tour. And so he turns and he goes and he stands in front of his mom and sister. And uh, and basically, uh, mom eventually takes the mic away from Dominic abruptly, and Dominic takes it back and just looks at mom and just yells in her face, mom, will you shut up? Good for and, him. And this is what makes Ray turn around and clock Dominic. And I was like, that's what I wanted. The moment, and this might be because of my childhood, because I remember one time I, I just went after my mom and my dad wasn't having any of that and said, I love you, but that's the love of my life right there. And you are not to disrespect her, et cetera, et cetera. That's the kind of thing Ray was doing here. And I thought it was pitch perfect. The acting, look, Ray Mysterio is never going to be the greatest actor in the world, sir. But, <laughs> but, but I thought this was a nice payoff and a nice way to get there, as opposed to having him do something at the Hall of Fame and having to rely on beating up on Conan or something. Uh, I think it's fine. I still would have liked to have had the Hall of Fame ruined by Dominic. No, Bob Samuda is going to do that. No, I, I mean, or I Rick just, Flair. Like, Rick Flair's going to start it, crying it, halfway through his Muda induction or something. It, it, in my head, it would have been a great way to go off the air with just like Dominic ruining the Hall of Fame. You know, like you you do an angle <laughs> to literally end the show, or like like you, he raise, might. That's still a possibility. Ray, raise the honoree, and like Dominic, like you know, ruins. It's destroying the set and stuff as they're going off of air. I, I don't know. I I think that that actually would make it it would potentially draw more eyes to the product than just like a, you know, night of remembering Rey Mysterio. Cause I mean, <laughs> if I want a night of remembering what Rey Mysterio was like, I can literally watch SmackDown every week and remember what Rey was like. I have those vibes. Uh, anything else on the lazy river? Um, I'm trying to think we did NXT. Yeah. We talked about dynamite. Uh, I would suggest going out of your way to watch the first match on Dark from this week. I believe it was the first match on Dark. It's an Emmy Sakura squash match. She just she does this uh she does a, a a submission move that I just went wow okay she she is getting over week after week on this Dark show as just being someone who goes in there and kills kills local competitors and I love her to death. I think she's great. Put put her with the outcasts so that Rio doesn't have to swing a pipe or something. <laughs> Rio Rio with the pipe is not a visual that's actually working. <laughs> it's I, I, the I, worst I, pipe swinging I've ever seen. Yeah, I know. I, I keep feeling like she's a liability issue. You just want to go, like... aw. <laughs> the ring. It's terrible. Uh, uh, yeah. when, when you're that small, even when you have like a chainsaw, there's still like this sense that like, well, I could just kick her really hard. The chainsaw would fall out of her hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't have anything else. Uh, Logan Paul continues to be solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're going to nail this. I mean, yeah, I think, I think the match, as long as he doesn't like fall on his face, it's going to be great. But, I, I I've, Logan... I've seen enough from the guy to know that he's going to deliver. I don't like him. 
I think he's a legitimately bad person. So I want to be clear before like I'm like leveling any professional praise on him. It's sort of like something I kind of wish I didn't have to do on some part of it. But like objectively, like analytically, he's good on the mic. Yeah, I've seen him deliver in high spots, but also have like a coherent match from beginning to end. Logan Paul's like good at wrestling. Logan Paul is everything you wanted the Miz to be at one point. I think. I mean, he just he just understands how to be hateable. Um. Yeah. Man, if you know, it's like the more real he can be with it too the more you can even hate him like, yeah like i know i know he can't say things like and i gleefully scammed all those people but like there's so much material to hate logan paul over and if he can deliver in the ring at all like and he seems like he can he he really is a money entity as a wrestler i think he's found something here yeah no i think i think that's one of the programs that's gonna land uh Cody just had another great promo tonight. I thought he's no, he's won me over. Like, look, it's not necessarily my favorite brand of ice cream, but it's definitely like a strong and well-developed brand of ice cream. It yeah. works. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it's dude. It, you, you can see the numbers in the color by numbers, but it doesn't not make it a nice picture is how I view it. I mean, he, he's, he goes heavy into the melodrama. He goes heavy into the narrative, but he's good at it. And and Heyman being in the segment with him tonight, again, really good stuff. Um, yeah. Um, but we'll get into a lot of that in our preview. I, I just uh, I, I need to go, so <laughs> I'm gonna cut it off there. You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow Chris on Instagram D O C T O R underscore N O V. You can just follow the show at Shake the Dumb Ropes. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. I do another podcast. We usually record about 10 minutes after Dynamite is finished. It's called The Dynamite Show. It's myself and Paul Ace Fontaine. $5 a month on uh, Fight Game Media. Patreon.com slash Fight Game Media gets you all those shows as well. Chris gives guitar lessons, and he's in bands, and he plays music. And yeah. women like him, so he's going to tell you about that. <laughs> At least the music and the guitar lessons. So, like, <laughs> if you want to learn music, you do. There's a void in your heart. No, I feel it. No, stop. 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 Stop kidding yourself. Let's do this. So, you're going to message me on Instagram at D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. Or I guess you could email me at chrisdovenbrino at gmail.com. And be can like, I, can hey. I DM you on Twitter? No, because I don't have a Twitter because I, I don't participate in what they call the discourse. I don't give a shit. All I do is teach music, Jeff. I've mm -hmm. committed my heart, my spirit, and my hands to one thing, one love, and that's music. And I could share that music with you if only you messaged me on Instagram or via the aforementioned Gmail link. Think about it. Is that it? <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's we'll that's the, it. Yeah, that's it. No, go for the close. Land. Stick the fucking. Like, I can't stick the landing. I don't have anything. Stick it. We'll, we'll preview WrestleMania and NXT stand and deliver next week.
My name is Tyler Fornis, and I am one of the co-hosts of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungi AEW podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. We take a broad-scope approach to the world of All Elite Wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars, the promos, the storylines. And we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with AEW still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW? Are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on the good, the bad, and the hungry every week on the Voice of Wrestling Network.